Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, and I am being joined by Jay Gold. Good Tuesday to you. It is a little late in the week, but uh, we are back on track and ready to go. Yeah, it has been a very long week for everybody involved with IWTV Guide. Uh, you'll notice Marky is not here with us this week. I'm not going to br- put her business out on the air. She wants to discuss that when she comes back. She absolutely can. But Yep, uh, we'll miss her this week, but we have a, a, a very busy show to catch up on we have two weeks of uh of interesting items to catch up on i know home office had mouse on last week which was very cool i i i'm hoping uh that you might know better than me when that uh when the big starks brands tournament will air on iwtv um but that was this weekend um so it was a busy last week was aiw i saw you in your uh AI, in your iwtv guide gear which looked fantastic um I want. I'm. I'm curious, as you can tell the listeners, how it fits and how it how it uh, how it washes. Um, but uh, it was an exciting weekend of of wrestling for people who were in the area. I guess the Ohio area or the Ohio Valley. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the gear. The gear is really great. It, I, I I love the gear. We'll 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 pitch that at the end of the show for you. But yeah, the t-shirt feel nice. The hoodie feels nice. I love the fanny pack. Like that fanny pack, we're that fanny pack pretty much everywhere. Excellent. It looked good on you. It matched perfectly. It looked like I have the joggers, and I would say the joggers are my favorite pair of sweats that I own. So um, that's a good feeling. But you did get a chance to go to probably the best AIW card in the last, I don't know, 18 months, maybe. I mean, they're good ones, but this one is, this one I think is the the welcome back officially to packing the Odeon and, and you know, being one of the best uh one of their better cards i think they put on in a very long time it was definitely it was definitely a lot of fun definitely uh worth the trip got to hang out with a bunch of with a bunch of guys bunch of guy and gal from the uh, pod van dam discord pam poked a nice picture of everybody yeah i saw those pictures um now what was your uh, i'll ask you what was your favorite match of the night in that show <sighs> yeah there are so many good ones just for the sheer fact i got to keep gookie and perk and i'm gonna keep gookie and broner that's a surreal moment. I, I really was going to, we, I was, I was disappointed. We didn't get to come in for that. I did have a friend's party to go to that weekend. So that was kind of out, you know, never want to, you know, leave your family and friends behind. So we, we went to uh, Sam and I had to skip it, but uh, watching that match on TV was, it was surreal seeing the crowd just kind of shouting out, you know, Kaze Ninare and, 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 you know, Nathan Zagura doing, color commentary and jumping in on play-by-play on a few matches. I know he was on the uh, Derek match, which is awesome. He was also on the main event. Um, he adds a really big fight feel to those matches. I, I mean, he's so polished. You know, when I listen to like you and Butters and guys who have done podcasting, I can tell my difference of how I record as opposed to how you record with likes and ums and things like that that don't belong. Nathan Zagura on the microphone for a wrestling match was as close to perfect as you could be. I mean, I know Wadsworth is really polished, but Zagura just took it to another level. It was, it was very impressive. I don't know if you got a chance to meet him while you were there. I actually did not get the chance. Uh, definitely want to talk to him and cre- credit him on what a great job. He's not, that's one of like the third or fourth show doing commentary. 
and he's already better than people you see on national television right now. Like I, I don't, I don't want to lose the guy, but like they're coming from a national company listening to this kind of dude. Ask I mean, him, ask him how much he may not want to leave the Browns job though. In all fairness, I was just going to say, he may like his gig where he is, but he is a natural. He, he sounded like he did his research. He sounded like he wanted to be there. Um, you know, the excitement was real and genuine. It wasn't, you know, forced like you hear on raw most nights. Um, it was, uh, it was very, very impressive. And it brought the broadcast to another level. Now, um, I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't want, I know it's going to air on IWTV, but, uh, the big Stark brand tournament was on Sunday and myself, we had a co sponsorship between IWTV guide and the benefactors, which is kind of cool. Um, so we got those, uh, we got those, uh, our, the advertisements on there for the show. And uh, I heard it went very well, and they had a very impressive card. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how Mouse and Billy Starks uh, uh, put that together. Yeah, I have. I don't have. I've been looking for it. I don't have a date listed for when that's going to come up here. So. Yeah, I, I was looking as well. I think we're both kind of on the same page there. I don't see it. I just know that they mentioned it would be it would come on sometime soon, I assume. So we'll take a look at that. But um, it was a busy weekend. Last week was a busy week as far as us going so now let's uh, i know we're a little bit behind let's see what's on iwtv guide this week what's on iwtv all right quite a bit going on this week here uh my guest is we're recording tuesday and i think we'll probably drop either really late wednesday or early thursday i'm going to start with thursday you know, thursday april 28th 8 p.m eastern time live wrestling open episode 17 or wrestling open and professional wrestling open mic night the Shook Crew against Brick and Mortar already announced for that show. Friday, April 29th, 8.15 p.m. Pacific Time, called 11.15 p.m. Eastern. Without a Cause, present 4.29.22. Your main event for the Without a Cause Championship, Keita against Rocky Romero for the WWE Championship. Night Team Championship. Does it say where that's... Sorry to interrupt you. Does it say where that show's coming from? If it's going to be on at 11.30 at night? I don't have that listed here, but it's got to be West Coast someplace. Yeah. Okay. Just Might trying, be. just checking. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, but not based on based on some of the people on here. I'm I'm I believe it's somewhere in California. Vinny McCarr against Kid Bandit on the card. McCarroga, California guy. Uh, State of Emergency against Cook Brother for the WAC Tag Team Championship. Sonico against Yuya Yurimura from New Japan, among other men mm. on that card, and then. A couple of shows on Saturday, Saturday, April 30th, first at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Victus Pro presents In Bloom 2. This one taking place in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Place you're very familiar with. Yeah, of course. Ridgefield Park. <laughs> Again. <laughs> what, about eight companies running out of there right now? Something like that? Everybody runs in Ridgefield Park, but we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, I'm... I we usually we just kind of uh, cherry pick the lineup here, but I'm going to read the entire lineup at the end right now. But this is a great card. That climb for clout ladder match: The Whisper versus PB Smooth versus Ichiban versus Little Mean Kathleen versus Jay Bougie versus PJ Cabbage versus Mike Skyro. Big Game Leroy against Ben Bishop. My Own Millennium against EPA. Ken Broadway against Robert Martyr. Darius Carter against Alex Kane. And then three championships on the line. Tag team champions, Milk Chocolate defending against the King of the District. Social media champion, MPM defending against Vinny Pacifico. And the main event for the Invictus Pro Women's Championship, Edith Carrillo defending against Davy Ann. Probably my two favorite. Your girl, Davy Ann. 
Yeah. And, and probably my two favorite women on the independent circuit right now in the main event of that show. 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm not going to be able to watch that live, damn it. I'll have to. Have uh, to uh, yeah. yeah, I think we can. We can. That'll be another show we may add to our watch along. That one looks good. Um, I will be at the Mets game that night, so I'll be missing out on that, unfortunately, with CPA and PB Smooth being in the area. I like to see those guys when they're live. Well, that's my fun birthday, and I'm kind of going, wake well, up, play practice. I hit play practice and get five. So there's no way I can make that work. Well, that's more important anyway. And then later that evening at 7 o'clock Central Time, you know, 8 o'clock Eastern, Freelance Underground presents Shaken Not Third. Main event of that particular show is for the Freelance Underground Tag Team Championship. Champions, the brothers of Funstruction, defending against violence is forever. I'm expecting more gold coming violent and forever way. Bell collectors. Yep. I'm at the point right now that if Dominic Greeny is in a match, I'm just assuming he's winning until he doesn't. But I think it's a, I think that's the safe bet. If you were taking bets in Vegas, I would pick Dom Greeny to win every time. Sunday, May 1st at 12 p.m. Central Time, 1 o'clock Eastern. Black Label Pro Wrestling presents Fancy Wrestling. Professional Grappling with a Dress Code. Main event of that show. The Black Label Pro Championship, PKO against Joshua Bishop, against Levi Everett, against Kobe Durst. That's a hell of a main event. I, I'm going to go ahead and pick Josh Bishop in that match. That's what I would like to see. Black Label Pro Midwest Champion Tom Lawler defending against Davey Richard. That should be fantastic. Wow. Tag Team Champion Violence Gift Forever defending against main event. And the impact. Now, now honestly, the Violence and Forever versus main event, um, that is a match we have not seen yet. And that is something that I think we really need to keep an eye on because I, I am very curious. Those guys are main event is they're amazing. And we hadn't had the chance to see Dom with a tag partner in AIW. So super excited to see those two teams go together. Okay. Now my question is, is this the main event that we're familiar with in the Pittsburgh area and AIW or is this the New York area main event? It actually does not make that clear. Oh, the guys who wear the uh, circus outfits. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm, not, the, I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's, if it's, Gannon Jones Jr. and Duke Davick, or if it's the guy from New York. I'm going to have to look that up. While you're doing your thing, I'll check that out. And for the Impact X Division Championship, the new X Division champion, Ace Austin, defending against Devin Monroe. Ah, you are right, by the way. It is the main event from New York. Okay. Not the main event, main event. And that's what I thought. I wasn't 100% sure. That is correct. Good catch on that one. I, I kind of got ahead of myself, booking fantasy for myself. If John Thorne is listening, uh, bring Kevin Koo in and, and book that match. But Give us that match. Give it to us. And that's, a, that's a loaded card as well. Sunday, May 1st, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Women's Wrestling Revolution presents WWR Plus. Hit them up style. Willow Nightingale against Jordan Blade in the main event of that particular show. Monday, May 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll get the premiere of Deathmatch Down Under. Not here to fuck fighters, too. Yeah, okay. I think actually the name of the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I get it. All right. <laughs> and that is what is on IWTV this week. Excellent. Okay. No spotlight segment this week. As we said, it's been a long week, so things just have not gone according to according to what we planned at all. We're gonna well, I can, and I will say, yeah, I will tell our listeners. Mouse has given uh, Home Office a real nice list of uh, of wrestlers to keep our eyes on. So next week we'll have. Um, definitely a, a solid new wrestler spotlight. Let's go ahead and head to our weekly review. The weekly review. 
All right. And this week we're reviewing from Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, the Phil Sheridan building. Expect the unexpected era of the unexpected. This show, show took place on April 16th. Uh, your thoughts, your, your initial thoughts on this show. Uh, your- <laughs> well, so, yeah, so there's a few things about this show. First of all, it's on the second night of Passover, so it kind of screwed me over. I was going to go to that show and see Dom, friend of the show and friend of mine, Dominic Garini. Um, <laughs> I, I, I gotta say Ridgefield park has become the, <laughs> there's only three places apparently in New Jersey are allowed to run wrestling Ridgefield park, the showboat and the H2O arena down in, in water Williamstown, whatever, wherever the hell they, they do their show from. Honestly, I don't think there's any other place I've seen. Maybe I think Rahway, New Jersey does wrestle pro, but every other independent show runs at this, uh, this venue. I have no problems with this venue. I do know that everyone's just like enough already with this place, but it looked good. It looked good that night. Uh, you know, it was a full crowd. It's very hot in there. It's it's that's the other problem. It's always very warm, um, but the card made up for it. There were some matches I said, and I will get to it, but um, you know, uh, the, the Mecca of North Jersey independent wrestling is out of Richfield park. They, they, they do have shows in Morganville, too. That's where I went for EQWA. So. Well, the main, the main drags of wrestling, the main cards of wrestling have been all seemingly since the pandemic has been the showboat area because they don't always do it in the showboat. They do it like in the parking lot, too. Um, that spot in Atlantic City, the spot by H2O and then Ridgefield. So this is just another night of, uh, of Ridgefield Park action. And, you know, you can't knock dollar drinks and... Uh, you know, dollar pretzels. So might as well. Yeah. According to cage match, this would, uh, this was the 10th show in Ridgefield park so far this year. And they actually had another one this past weekend as well. Wrestling match. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels, feels like there's so many more 10. That's it. Well, I mean, you only had what it's April. So you only had what 15 weekends and they've had 10 shows, you know, 10, 10 weekends out of the year, out of the month already booked. That's yeah. bonkers. Yeah, it's not. It's now eleven. of Pro Wrestling Magic just ran there this past Saturday too. So, of, of you know how many people? I mean, uh, JCW does two rows of people. I think this one had three rows. Uh, you know, I've seen some. I've seen violence and suffering there. Um, I've seen. You know, Magic has been there. They, they've had a ton, but I think it all varies between one and three rows of fans. And okay, well, let's go ahead and get to the and get to it here. Uh, one of our commentators is friend of the show, Rachel Chucky. Apparently, that apparently uh, ETU is going to be hit home base moving forward. He's not going to work act off if you're in Southern Underground Pro. Going to be working with Expect the Unexpected more often. Which, well, the guy who owns Expect the Unexpected is the guy who used to own ICW and runs and owns all the wrestling universes here in New York and uh, and and the and the area. So, um, last time I saw him, he mentioned he was doing this show and. I really wanted to get to it, but due to the holidays and such. But you know, that's exciting. He gets some big names. He also knows his way around the industry. So I, I you know, I wasn't surprised with the Cardi book. No, not at all. And we get right into it with the opening contest here. It is Tony Deppen taking on Homicide. And first thing we get a comic guy getting on the microphone and going, you know what? I'm the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Title on the line. Let's go. And that, and and I will say to you, they they had a, a magnificent hype video to start things off. Like that's a real broadcast. They look good. It looked very professional. Uh, the graphics look good. You know, kudos to them for making it very professional looking. Yeah, but I, I'm all for the NWA Junior Heavyweight Title being on the line here. As an old school NWA fan, I'm always glad to see their name getting out there any way it can. 
and Hamakai like a great representative for that brand. We got a really nice opening match here. Looking back and forth. I love how often they were trying to go for pins. Took a title on the line, a world title on the line, and they're acting like it, trying to win the belt. I like I like this homicide better than I like some of the other homicide matches within the last like three to five years. This homicide, the one who not the homicide who had to wear uh, uh, three inch heels in Impact to be with Hernandez. This homicide here, the one who actually wears sneakers in the ring and can go. I like this homicide. I think when if you can get him this way, you get him putting all in. Tony Deppen really pushed him, and Tony Deppen's great. I was just. I had some notes. I wondered what will happen to Tony Deppen now that ROH was kind of bought. Um, he's in that like middle range where I could envision him on Impact and on ROH, but I couldn't see him in AEW or WWE. That's just kind of where I, I've always held Tony Deppen. He's a great wrestler. He's fun to watch. I don't know if he's you know big time, big time, but you know this was a great this was a great match, absolute great match, absolutely fantastic. A homicide got whipped into the guardrail so hard at one point that the guardrail actually became separated from itself. It fell on a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Guardrail over there for your protection unless they fall apart. <laughs> unless they snap right in the middle and fall apart. Stepping uh, you to fan Kane like a weapon at one point. Always fun. Yeah, I thought the match was very was very creative. I mean, don't get don't get my you know previous statement wrong there. I, I have full faith in Deppin. I just um, I thought the match was was. I thought Homicide was was terrific. He's he's all those years. I mean, he's like the he doesn't age in his body or face. I mean, he might age as how fast he moves, but he's he's always going to look just like Homicide. Whenever that music hits, the people go nuts. And he put on this was just a good one. This is exactly if you're the NWA, this is what you'd want your guys if they go out to the indies and do something like this to be how to represent your company. Yeah. Absolutely. What I hope at a minimum comes out of the comic guy goes to Billy Corgan and go, you need to check the Deppin kid out. He might do that. That's a good point. He would fit in at, at, at NWA. He absolutely would. He could be a, a TV wrestler, studio wrestler. The comic guy retaining the title with a pin following a top rope cutter in nine minutes and 34 seconds. We go to our second matchup. It is a tag team match. MFP of Ada Angro and Danger Kid taking on Violent Kids Forever. Uh, I did not know who MSP was when they first came out. And I, first of all, I, I dug their music, but I didn't know what was going on there. And I, at first was like, this, this is a lot of nonsense. I'm not going to I, I don't know how they're going to, uh, mesh with Dom and Koo. And then I had to realize that Dom and Koo are in there and the match was outstanding. I mean, come on. That match was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Violence is forever is unstoppable. Yeah, three-time IWTV Tag Team of the Year and on their way to four. I mean, they're going to have my vote pretty much every year until they're not a team anymore, I think, at the rate they're going. But I I can't even believe that. I, you know, I remember seeing Dom and like Evolve and like being like Malcolm Bivens heavy when he was, you know, whatever he was, whatever they, I forgot what, uh, uh, you know, I forgot what they called him now. That's how stupid I am at this point. But um, Dom, this, as far as like him and Koo, you just know that when they're on the card, that's like, uh, I think I've said it to you before when I watch a show, I need to have like some comfort matches where I know that that's, I know some of the guys that are like there that I can get comfortable watching. If they're on a card, I must watch that show. Like the matches never fail to deliver ever. The two of them always look good. Their gear always matches. 
their moves are always as crisp. It's like going from the minor leagues to the majors. You see some guys who start off a show, and then you see these guys. As soon as Dom and Ku come out, you know it's a professional match. Everything looks like it hurts, and Dom is so intense, and Ku is just like this like mystery, like he's stone-faced, and he gets out there and he just whoops people's ass. I really, really enjoyed this match, and those guys also were – uh, uh, they hung right with him. MSP, I was very impressed. I really was. I want to keep putting the idea out in the universe until it gets signed. Come play. I want FTR again, Violent Games Forever. I really want it's that. It's got to be. It's got to happen. Somewhere it's got to happen. Tony Khan, I know you look into everything. Book that match. or rent- he, he vanity searches the podcast world. <laughs> yeah. Or run FTR out to AIW and convince John Thorne you have to book coup if the match has to take place in Cleveland. <laughs> I hope a man, come on, Thorne, if you're listening, bring Koo in just one night. Give us, a, I know he doesn't like booking Dom in a tag team. Give us one night. Give us us versus Philly Marino. I'll, I'll take that in any day. Yeah. I will. Okay, if I'm forever and FTR ever does happen, as long as it's not a ridiculous distance, I'm probably going to make the drive for that match. Like I have to see that in Perkin for that. I, I think, I think that that's a, I think that you're not even, that's not even hyperbole. We have to, wherever that match is, we have to go. Yeah. As far as this match goes, MFP does do a, a little bit more of the showmanship than Violent Confirmer does. So they're doing some dancing early on. Ku actually joins them for a minute and then start just laying in some chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's the best strategy against Violent Against Forever. Now at the time on front. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you. I think uh, I think save the I think the best part about Violent Against Forever is that. If you go up against Dom and Koo, save the nonsense for a different tag team. Because if you're going to be a tag team that comes out and wants to like there, I there were some parts where was is his last time Argo. He he took way too long, and then he paid for it over and over again. I get like there was that that spot where Dom he was put in the in the like the shattered dreams position, yeah. and then the dude is dancing. That took way too long just to come in and slap his leg. You know what I mean? So. Uh, you got to be, I think when you wrestle Dom and Koo, you got to be on top of your game where you're not giving them time to rest or giving them time to think or give, you have to show that you take them seriously. You can't gimmick your way into a win against Dom and Koo. And I think that's, what's awesome about them. You can never come in there and be a comedy match and think you're going to steal one. Cause you're never going to steal one from Dom and Koo. I think it was actually a chops of the ball from the chatter dream position. And I'm not the leg, but Oh, was it the balls? Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> what I wrote in my notes. I thought he got him in the thigh. No, I thought it was a thigh slap, like in the inner thigh. I, I think it was, it was meant for the ball at any rate. Well, let's keep away from that, that the balls. Let's let's just not, we, we'll we save that for Marcy if they're going to slap guys in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, eventually, Violet Can Forever does have enough of the game. They have Danger Kid in the ring for a long time. We do finally get the hot tag. There's some hot action after the hot tag. Uh, there's a spot where Dom avoids a backpack Denton, locks Danger Kid in a choke. Koo got a choke of his own on Aggro, and Aggro just dropped Koo on top of Dom to break the hold. Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, she go to show MFP not all not all fun and games that they can ruffle as well. They have some good teamwork. Yeah, some innovative stuff as well. Uh, MFP hit Dom with the last vacation. I believe what they got the move called. Only got two. At uh, Dom Pinning Kid after the Brain Buster kick to the head combo, 1707. Uh, I don't say that about Dom matches very often, maybe a couple minutes too long, but overall, I have no complaint. Really good match. Yeah, I don't, I, 
I don't think I had some complaints about the other matches length. I think this one I can watch Dominic for a while. I think they gave it time to simmer. But yeah, I thought I thought this was just the, the starting off the first two matches were terrific. Okay. We then have a gauntlet match. We have eight guys in the particular gauntlet. They are in felt new- like 80. <laughs> felt like 80 guys in there. The match took forever. All right. Go in. We start off with Matt Caster against Agriel. This is the point yep. of the show where I'm starting to wonder what year again. We had Hamakai in here earlier. Now we've got Agriel in here. Well, I feel like I feel like you come to a, you come to Bridgefield Park. Here are guys who live in Bridgefield Park: Azrael, uh, uh, Grim Reefer, uh, that dude. Oh, I can't remember his name now. I can't remember. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get you a list. There's like five guys I feel like live in the basement of Ridgefield Park, and they're on every single show that they that they do uh, in Ridgefield Park. And I'm not. I, I, it's not a knock on them. I just feel like they're always booked on those shows. But definitely Azrael and definitely Grim Reefer. Those two guys definitely live there. I am I am a hundred percent positive they live in the basement in bunk beds, and then they call them up to do the matches, and they send them back downstairs. <laughs> now, before the match starts, Mac Cantor is the first one out. He's like, "I'm not going to do a freestyle in New Jersey for free, but if you guys want to put some money in the hat, then I'll do one." And he yeah. did the same thing at Create a Pro, and as people were putting money in his hat, I'm like, "Don't give him money. He's on AEW. He doesn't need your money." Come on. Nobody give that dude money. And then when he does finish, finish collecting the money, his freestyle is bad-mouthing jerky. That's like all it is. That's fantastic. Like I've been to New Jersey. I was cheering along since I, <laughs> since I don't live in Jersey anymore. I was cheering along with Max Caster. <laughs> Heck, a good little match with Ancreo. Get the you know, pin Ancreo in about four minutes or so. We have Vargas coming out next. There you go about four, another four minutes or so. Caster gets the pin with his flying out with a uh, mic drop elbow. And then we get Ace Romero coming out. And Cactor is like, fuck this. I've won two matches already. I'm not fighting this dude. I'm out. He just walked to the back. And I like AC Romero. I think he's, I don't know what happened to him. I thought during the pandemic, he kind of stepped away and was trying to lose weight and do all these things. I really like him. A guy his size should not move that well. Uh, no, Ace is fantastic. I, I love watching that dude work. Yeah. And actually, so I think he went and got, he, he got Yoya, didn't he? Yeah, he got, he got Yoya next. Uh, he hit Yoya with a pound. I thought he was going to kill him. Well, but before that, didn't Caster beat Vargas? Vargas is like the the uh, uh, Samoan bulldozer of Creator Pro. He comes out with uh, Ariella Nix, who was in the UXWA for for a cup of coffee and has been in kind of all over the place. That's his manager in Creator Pro. He's a big, big dude. He's like he comes out with the Dominican Republic flag painted on his face. He's just a big scary dude and uh and he uh, he got they didn't book him the same way they book him in creative pro and creative pro he's like the unstoppable umaga and here they had cast or beat him i believe so you know i i wasn't you know i wasn't the you know that impressed with how they presented him that night yeah a Romero actually just came back from a european tour the first match back from a european tour oh okay a uh, bunch of matches in germany for wxw and then he worked with uh over the top and in Dublin for a couple of shots. Good for him. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad he's back in the states. So it was cool to see him, even even close in Jersey. I, he did a lot of shows for for a, a bunch of companies around here for a, a long time. And but like I said, he hit Yoya with a pound, and he pounced him over the guardrail. Like four dudes had to catch him. Luckily, they were there to catch yep. him. Like, luckily, they were actually like, okay, we got to catch this dude. Like come crowds, they would have just like gone away from him. Wait, were they those guys? Those weren't plants. I thought those were plants. They might have been. I don't know. 
imagine making fans catch Yoya. I mean, he's tiny. He's like no bigger than my kid, but I, I would still have think that you'd have to get some professionals in there to catch him. Yeah, well, I mean, when, when Matthew just jumped in the crowd at AIW, like, I mean, sometimes it's somebody he know, but sometimes it's not. Yeah, I, I know he used to he used to set up with Stacy Silvers all the time to get that off. But uh, yeah, but yeah that was uh, he's on the front row. There's no guarantee those Duke are going to catch him. <laughs> he could have been pounced into the parking lot. Yeah, Romero does end up pinning Yoya with a with a lariat that brings out Alec Price, who I like a lot. I enjoyed this matchup quite a bit. And Romero hit him with a pound at one point, and Price did a, did a flip off of it. He's awesome. Alec Price is awesome. He's a skinny guy who could put, who could stand and put some muscle on, but he is awesome. He commands everybody is all over him. Like he, he's all like he's all intensity and he's all like you, you know confrontation with everyone. The guy's great. I'm very very impressed by him. Uh, he he actually kicked out of Romero lariat before uh, paying Romero with a step up kick. That brings out Grim Reefer. And I'll give Grim Reefer credit. He wrecked like the first three minutes here with uh, while smoking a joint. Every time I see him, he, they wake him up, get out there and do your joint spot. And he does it. And he and the whole place smells like weed the rest of the show. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very impressive that he does it without needing to take a breath, too. Probably the probably the probably the spot of the match. Reefer hit a springboard Russian lake sweep, followed up with a springboard frog splash. Somehow only got two off of that. Franken kept eliminating Reefer with. I, if had him in a torture, I could just drain him in the turnbuckle. I don't know if there's an actual name for that move or not, but that's basically what he did. And then that yeah, that that's isn't it more of like a uh, uh, like a driver almost like a de- like a, a reverse Death Valley driver with the body facing the wrong way. Yeah, almost almost like a burning hammer, but he's just draining him straight into the turnbuckle. Right, burning hammer. Thank you. That, that's what it's called. Yeah, burning hammer. Yep. You call how many hit squad matches? Can remember burning hammer? Dude, it's, uh, my brain is fried most of the time, as you know. I I, I rely on you to fill in the gaps. <laughs> that brings up Marcus Mather at the last guy. They have a really good uh, sequence as well. Mather getting the pin with the 450 splash. 40-14 for the entire thing. He's another one. He's, he's at every Ridgefield Park show. God bless him. I think he comes in from like Indiana or Kentucky or something. Unbelievable. And they've got him listed as being from Philadelphia on cage match now. Whether he still lived there or not, I couldn't tell you. I could swear I saw him in like prom pictures with Billy Starks. That's like, you know, they posted like Mouse posted that stuff up on, on maybe he drove over there. Who knows? He's but I know right. they travel together. So I know he's, I know he wrestled in, 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 in Indiana before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but- they, look, they use him a lot. And yeah. Yeah. Most of it booking her in New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, go try state, mid New England area. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's I mean, he's he's there all the time. But yeah, I guess a lot of places want to put, you know, put some wins on him. So he gets a bunch when he's in the area. Well, from there, we have our next matchup here. It is Chaka McKenzie taking on Danny DeMonto. Now, before the match starts, DeMonto gets on the mic, tells Chaka, you know, you're very good. But your matches on the American tour have been really soft so far. You need to tough it up. But she goes, fuck it. Let's bring some weapons out here. And we have a he, he, he's always on the mic. If you watch ICW, the man is always speaking on the mic, trying to do some kind of put over of someone else, telling somebody they belong. Like he has like this classic script that he reads out every time he's out in a match. I did not. I'm I'm kind of desensitized at this point to all of Danny DeMonto's death matches. They all are kind of the same to me. But uh uh Fine, Shaza, you want to do that? Fine. The the cool spot was that 
whatever that exploding bat was that they hit each other with at one point. But the rest of it, I've seen it 8 billion times. You know, I'm good. You know, I'm good from there. Yeah. And Mato is quite a bit bigger than Shaka McKenzie. And Shaka trying to do stuff where he she's lifting him up. And that don't, did not go that well. And I'm not saying DeMonto is like fat or anything like that. He's not. He's in good shape, especially for a guy who's been around as long as he had. But like that, she did that come on chop onto the door with the mousetrap. And I thought I would end a lot worse than it did. I mean, that it looked like she really struggled to get him over. <coughs> yeah, she I mean, he he's he's built like a, a bag of cement. Like he just, you, you know, he's just square. His body is just like this or rectangular. There's no like he doesn't have any softness to him. So she's trying to do stuff to him. And it's almost. It's almost like resistance going against her, even though he's not doing that on purpose. So that was uh, that I, I again, I, I, I'm just I'm good with matches like that. I, I don't need it on the card. I know that it brings, you know, um, it brings a, a variety to the card, but I, I, I'm good either way. But I like Shaza. She's so nice. She was super nice to my daughter when we met her. Good on her. You know, she came to a to AIW also. She's traveling the world. Good, you know this matches. I I honestly have no interest in in something like that. Intergender death matches or what they are. Yeah, if you've seen an IKW no hold bar match, you've seen this match. Yeah, yeah, and this one's just uh, the only reason I could stomach this one a little better is because I really don't. The chains just are. You know, I, I'm really done with the chains. I'm very desensitized to the chains. So seeing them bounce off the ropes and do stuff where there looks like a little more give is a little bit easier for me to watch. So Demonto gets the win. 13 minutes and 18 seconds off the top rope over the shoulder into a pile driver through a door. After the match, DeMonto gets on the mic again, puts Shaka over, then she comic guide for the next DTU show. Loves the mic, that fella. He also invited her back to uh to the next ICW show in Australia that they're gonna be running. So she'll be she'll be working the chains in Australia. Yeah, I, I will okay. DeMonto and Homicide. I'm not a big fan of the deathmatch type of style, but Demonto and Homicide might make might get me into that style match with those two. Homicide, Homicide's really good at that type of thing and can turn it into something with a lot more psychology than what we normally get out of those type of matches. So I am kind of looking forward to that one. Watch it, watch it be more of a Demonto style match, and I'll hate it. But yeah, I'll take Homicide and Tony Depp in style Homicide over the other Homicide any day. We come back from intermission, and it's supposed to be an intergender tag team match: Akira and Masha Klamovich against Brandon Kirk and Kiki Kirk. But Kinky is injured, so Marcus Mather is going to be the substitute partner, and he worked. Which I didn't get with Brandon Kirk. Yeah, but I didn't get that. Why did they choose? Him? Like, what was the reason for Marcus Mathers? Was there some sort of um, was there some sort of uh, feud brewing there prior, or no? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but, but Brandon Kirk and Marcus Mather work really well with the team. Yeah, Brandon Kirk, another one that I can, uh, I'll take, I, you can take or leave with, <laughs> with me. I just, there's just nothing that I, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, there's a few of these guys that I think I've seen too much of. And, and I think it was during the pandemic and just too much, too much of the same style. Like Akira, I, I, I like Masha. She's good, but Akira, I, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being nice. Okay. So I'm going to credit the referee for the show here, Ryan T. Dude's the only referee for this show. Mm. He he didn't he didn't look blown up at all. He did a great job most of the time. And the one issue I had with his referee, and I'm not even necessarily going to put the blame fully on him. The hot tag on this one, Masha Klimovich is standing on the middle rope when she makes the hot tag. No, both feet on the apron. 
If they're a tag rope, hold the tag rope. If not, be as close to turnbuckle as you can. Being yeah, on, I mean, but she's small. Rope, like she... Being on the middle rope, though, you're leaning too far in. You're adding like several feet to your tag ratio. You're not that's why you're not supposed to do to, to tag like that. Right. But again, I'm well, not really blame him. I blame him that kind of much on the talent for not knowing, not knowing that uh, it's on the referee for allowing it. So, yeah. And that, and at, probably at that point where I, I've been doing this shit for an hour and a half already, I want to get the fuck out of here. Fuck it. Even though there was like another five hours left in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would guy your manning a show and brother Gaggy guy your manning this one call. I mean, I feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a long night. And this was a, this was a long night. There was a lot of different stuff to have to, uh, maintain on this show. Um, but yeah, the, this match, I, I didn't particularly care for. I kind of let it, let it play. You know, I, I didn't watch it as carefully. I just, I just don't have any interest in that. The last couple of minutes is really good after the hot tag. Kremovich uh, gets Kirk with a short pile driver and Masha and Akira both cover Kirk for the pin at 1047. I mean, technically you're not supposed to cover both people either, but uh, that, that one, you just kind of, kind of let slide. One could break down like that anyway. Crowd doesn't care. Go why? Go who? Go who else should? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, then we have yet another what year again moment. Aki Mac comes out. Had no idea who he supposed to wrestle. He make it clear that this is going to be a non-title match. Larry Legend introduces the Black Nature Boy Scoot Andrew. And even though Mac had made it clear that we're not in the house because they non-title, he announces Andrew as the challenger anyway. And then Andrew gets like, "Well, you're up here anyway. So why don't you just put the belt up?" And Mac's like, well, can you Scoot Andrews? Okay, we'll do it. Uh, now tell me, who is Scoot Andrews? I have never seen him and never heard of him. Scoot Andrews is uh, based out of Florida. He was actually on some of the really early Ring of Honor shows, like the first year and a half, two years of Ring of Honor. And then he just kind of he kind of retired like after the Ring of Honor run was done. He Every once in a while, he comes out rough from Florida a little bit. Okay. Yeah, but he had not worked a ton over the last few years. Uh, let me pull up his cage match real quick. I mean, he's 50 years old now, but he was like 30 when Ring of Honor got started. He's 50? He was in great shape. Great shape. He and wrestled very old school. I liked it. I liked seeing a guy like that, just tights, you know, knee pads, boots, comes out and does his thing. I liked it. Yeah, vast majority. Yeah, about 2005 is where he stopped working full time. And he comes back, he wrestled a couple times a year, mostly down in Florida. And, uh, I remember one Ring of Honor show I went to in Dayton it was in 2003. He'd been gone from Ring of Honor for a little while, and he comes back. He worked a four-way match, and the Ring of Honor crowd, for the most part, chanting "Welcome back, welcome back." There's one guy. I don't know what Scoot Andrew did to this dude, but he's like, yeah. "I fucking hate you, Scoot Andrew. Go back to fucking Florida, motherfucker!" Like, did he kill your puppy? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he absolutely hated Scoot Andrew. Like, he was offended Scoot Andrew on the card for some reason. There's always somebody who has something to hate about somebody else, right? Uh, but this is a really good match. Yeah, good Andrew. Okay, yeah, yeah, we mentioned it. he's 50 years old. He doesn't look it. He looked like he may be in a early 30. He's in great shape. He wrestled like he was going to. Yeah, he was in great shape. <clears throat> credible challenger. Looked very credible. Uh, good. A couple of times. Almost get the, almost wins the title. Four, hit his fork of nature finisher. Get the two count. Hit the crock rope. Get the two count. Uh, I, I thought I love like a referee. I should hate it, but I love it. Aki Mac hit the meteor aura one, two, and Andrew reaching out and grabs the referee hand to prevent the three count. Yeah, I thought that was very cool. Yeah, I should hate that like a referee. I love that spot. I don't know why. Yeah, but Mac grabs the referee. That got a couple low blow and the Mac ten for the pin in twelve minutes. It was fantastic. 
Yeah, it was good. Hey, AC Max, awesome. So, you know, I, I, I think I mean, I think I'm going to call this my match of the night. Actually, I enjoyed this a lot. I I am not there yet with you. I'm still I'm still leaning on Violence is Forever and uh, MSP. But you know, yeah, it was good. It was a great match, and and, and AC Max, awesome. Okay. From there, we go to our semi-final match. It is Janai Kai against Mia Yim. Um, I'm 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 not on the Mia Yim bandwagon. I never really have been. Like, there's nothing wrong with her work. She's a good worker. She, I just she just doesn't do anything to stand out to me. She's a good worker who dyed her hair blue. I mean, that's really what I got. Yeah, that's not not a knock against her at, at by any means. I, yeah, she is a good worker. Looking a good match. Yeah, but like, I I don't think I've ever bought a ticket. But oh, Mia Yim's on the card. That yeah, I mean, I liked her. I think just seeing her in the ring is is fun. It was a good women's match. It fit the spot that they needed in. I think it went a little long, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the match at all here. Uh, apparently, it's Mia Yim's birthday at, uh, on the day they had this. It's Kafka chanting "Happy Birthday" to her. Denai uh, Kai is using a martial, like a martial art, a lot of martial arts offense. So there are a lot of strikes. Yeah, so, so a lot of strikes. Like if I were trying to count strikes in this match, there's no way I could have done it. There's way too many of it. A lot of a lot of commission moves as well. Yim uh, gets a knee to the face to get the pin twelve twenty seven. I kind of felt like that finish was anticlimactic based on some of the stuff they did before that. But they were getting into a pretty good groove, and then it just kind of ended. Yeah, I, but I think they they just overplayed their hands in that one. I think that one could have ended a bunch of different times. Yeah, again, nothing nothing wrong with it. I had no issue no issue with it overall. Just yeah, me Yim just never had never really stood out to me. Janai Kai, I like. And she's got a very unique gimmick. She, yeah, she's fine. She's she has a few things. To, she needs to she needs to get some more um, more personality. Um, I think you know if if uh, I think if she if she could work on her personality a bit more and give you know some more uh, see some more kind of um, uh, what's it called uh, uh, show some more like fire or at least give us some of her voice. I'd love to hear her voice a little bit. I think she's lacking in that area. Um, you know, the gimmick itself, when she comes out, is very tight. It's very well put together. You know, it's, she knows what she is, but I want to hear more. Like you can't just keep, you can't just be called the kick demon and not discuss where you're from, what you're doing, all those things. I got I just, I think she needs to work on that. Okay. We then have a video package highlighted in the main event. And I can't believe that the main event of an independent show in 2022, but here we go. The rock and roll express, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, and Terry Morton taking on the FKT. Hoke Macamo, Joel Macamo, Will Macamo with the Spot Monkeys in their corner. Yeah, the guy in monkey costume, the Spot Monkey. Fucking 2022. I uh, I was surprised to see Robert Gibson walking, <laughs> walking, climbing up into the ring, uh, wrestling a little bit, doing some a few things. Um, and and you know, no offense to those guys, uh, but that's it's it's enough. Uh, you know, Robert Morton, I mean, uh, uh, Ricky Morton doing uh, uh, the destroyer that almost looked like a power bomb and he almost hit his own head. Like I, I, I saw him do the destroyer in 2019 at spring break. That's enough. He never has to do that again. Like if they they didn't if they didn't feel old, then they feel old now. I, I honestly did not need those guys kind of still do, trying to do it, to be honest. Like in 2022, man. I, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the last run for the Rock and Roll Express. They've got their no, after this year, they're not going to team up anymore. And Ricky, I hope so. 
Ricky pretty much said that what wrestling he dug after the year is probably going to be teaming with Kerry and getting him ready, which I yeah. didn't find. Uh, Kerry Morton doesn't have to play the fake in peril, but he's about the only guy young enough to do it. I, I hate yep. I hate saying that I hate wording it that way. It doesn't sound complimentary. It's really not meant. It's to true play. though. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you can't have you couldn't have Robert Gibson taking a beating the whole match, and Ricky Morton couldn't either. You just you needed the third guy who was going to be able to take the moves from SAT and have the finish and such. So you just yep. kind of see it play out like that. Now, one thing Ricky needs to teach Kerry to do is sell. <laughs> Ricky Morton is yeah. the best seller in the history of the business. And I never got the chance to carry Morton was in danger, even though he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Like the, the facials just aren't there yet. Don't get there. He's in the, N- he's in the NWA, isn't he? Uh, question probably. I, I much I hate to say it. I'm not as well versed in the NWA right now as I would like to be. I don't, I don't think I, I'm not either, but I do think I've seen him. Um, advertise for stuff in the NWA. So just, just throwing it out there. Yes or no is not a big deal. I just, I'm pretty sure he, he's done a few things there. I mean, Ricky had go so probably, but yeah, so we get so for what this match is. It's perfectly fine. Uh, they do try to do a six man suplex spot and they start doing a suplex before Ricky Morton can position. So that looked bad, but that, yeah. Was, but yeah, that, that was on everybody else. That wasn't Ricky's fault. Like <laughs> wait till everybody's ready to do it. But match is only about seven minutes and ten seconds. It did not need to be any longer than that. Carrie gets mm-hmm. get pinned following the Spanish fly. After the match, the spot monkeys start fighting amongst themselves. Two of them attack the Maximo. They unmask as violence in forever, and they challenge the SKT for a match at the next DTU show. So we're going to be getting the SKT which I thought was violence awesome. in forever in 2022. Which I thought was awesome to see Dom and, and first, but I, I laughed a little because Dom was struggling to get the pants off. <laughs> but, uh, it was it it was uh it was definitely fun to see them be the ones who are underneath the uh the monkey masks. I just I, I I am I'm in agreement with you. I can't even believe the SAT are still doing it either. But you know, good for them. They could still do that double Spanish fly. God bless them. Uh, the SAT, that other guy, yeah, they were guys who worked a real early Ring of Honor show twenty years ago. Yeah, that I remember them a million times. But yeah, that's 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 crazy. But but realistically, they're my age. Like I shouldn't be shocked that they're still doing it. They're my age. You know what? They're they're younger than than most of those than than Scoot Andrews. Yeah, yeah. They've actually had matches with the Brisco and the Hardy Boy here already. They've been they've been going all over the place. Wow. Well, I uh, yeah i I like what I saw from them. I just you know the the nostalgia is cool, but I don't I don't need any more um I don't need any more uh, Rock and Roll Express matches. I'm good. Yeah, I've had my fill for eternity. <laughs> one of my favorite tag teams ever. When I was on the A show a few weeks ago, they were one of the one of the first th- first teams I drafted. So I, I the, love them. the youth, the youthful Rock and Roll Express, or the ones now. We were doing NWA 1988 for that. So all right, good, good, good. Yeah, pr- prime Rock and Roll Express. Well, then I then I I still stick with my match of the night was still the Violence is Forever MSP match, but yes, the AC Mac match was a was a just a step below it. But yeah, after the last two we just discussed, I still think the tag match was the best match. Yeah, I'm I'm still gonna go with AC Mac and Scoot Andrew. Yeah, and I'm that probably partly the nostalgia kicking in, and I love Scoot Andrew, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, that. and I will say to you, I think this show went uh, about thirty minutes too long. So like, if you took out the uh, Akira match, and you kind of pared down that gauntlet match. I think you would have had something. I think it was just 
it was just way too late. It felt very long at the end. It kind of dragged because of that main event wasn't as hyped as I would like it to be. It was, it was just, it felt like a very long show. Yeah. That, that's the downside of gauntlet matches. Like for the most part, I like gauntlet matches because you can tell great stories with them, but that was 40 minutes of the show right there. Yep. Yeah. I, I appreciate wanting to get those guys on the car. Like I say, you can tell great stories with it. Maybe do the gauntlet match and four other matches. Keep it like five, maybe six total rather than go, trying to go to eight. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would give it I would give it a, a thumbs up, but but like three quarter up, not all the way. It was fun. There was some really good stuff going on. Violence is forever is awesome. And Tony Deppin and uh, and Homicide. If they had a bunch of matches that were that hype, I would have been I would have given it a, all the way up. But um, some of these some of the t- some of the timing issues kind of dragged this one down for me. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a thumbs up as well. I, I did enjoy the show overall. I agree with you. A couple of the matches probably went too long. And or like I thought the I thought the Janai Kai Mia match of finish just kind of came out of nowhere and not not necessarily in the most positive way to keep anticlimactic. But definitely definitely enough good on the card to keep my interest. Very nostalgia heavy, especially with that main event. I still can't fucking believe we're talking about the FKT at the Rock and Rock in fucking 2022. Like that still <laughs> Yep. Yeah, and yeah, and and having met Ricky Morton recently, like Ricky Morton's a great guy. Like I'm glad he's still able to make a living at it. Yeah, it's just it, it, there comes a point where you got to say that's that's going to be enough. But yeah, but, yeah, good for them. But you know, but you know what, Ricky Morton is smart enough to realize that he can't do what he used to do. So like ninety five percent of his matches are just getting the crowd to chant rock and roll, and he does like two things and gets the fuck out. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know his limitations of how to how to turn it into a, into a watchable match. So I mean, if you can do that, I'm not going to fault, fault you on it. Yeah. All right. So next week, but all in all, I could, but but all in all, I could watch more ETU matches. I'll probably go to one of their their next one. You know, I want to see them against. Uh, I want to see Bonson Forever and SAT. Like, eventually, I'll get to their shows. They they put on. He he brings out. He tries to get big names, and he gets some good stuff. So I'm not going to knock it. You know, I just I think if they tighten up their timing and and you know you don't need nostalgia acts all the time. But it it otherwise it it was you know it's a good show. Yeah. Now, next week, hopefully, we'll be back on our regular recording schedule. We're going to cover Southern Underground Pro show that took place uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be a fun one to look through here. And we'll go ahead. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, we'll go ahead and get the plug out of the way here. You can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Uh, I also, I'm not sure exactly what week it's going to be. But I did make the A-Show Tournament of Champions. So sometime in the month of May, I'll be back on the A-Show. Quarterfinal round of their Tournament <coughs> of Champions. Drafting some wrestler, booking a card. I, I fully intend on being nice. three more times before the end of June. So Awesome. What about, uh, what about Twitch? Playing any WWE? Uh, no, I need to download the, uh, the, the DLC that came out today. Yoko Kuna Rikishi, you're part of that. Uh, I've I've actually when I have yeah. when I have it on Twitch it's been MLB MLB the show twenty two and even that I haven't done in a few days I just haven't had time yeah I, I um I got to get the the show and uh, I'm I'm curious as to there's a lot of really good um, mods for WWE so far and I'm I'm very curious as if I can get some of those they, there's some some people are super talented I really I want to look into that yeah I did download the. Uh, Action Arena and the Action Wrestling Show. Everything is accurate right down to the IWTV Guide logo on the ring apron. Whoever did that did a fantastic job. And I kind of like playing a video game that's got my podcast logo on it. It's cool as fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, what do you got to plug? All right, so notes from home office. 
Uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about the brand spanking new merch store over at BrainBusterTees.com. Um, as uh, Jayhawk was at the AIW show in the hat, the fanny pack, the hoodie, the joggers, the masks, you can have all that stuff. It's very cool. Um, it's fun to have uh, uh, branded merch um, and, uh, and it's very comfortable. And I'm, I'm, I hope everybody gets it. Also, the uh, JC uh, P Designs um, collaboration with Derek Dillinger. Uh, don't forget about our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the super fantastic podcast. If you catch my griff, the A Show, at odds with wrestling, X over with our very own Marcy, and the card is going to change. Um, don't forget the other friends, the official graphic designer of IWTV guy, JCP Designs, PW Ponderings, Big Starks Brands, Set Tab Photo, uh, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio, Kayfabe Collectibles, our friend Joey, I think he's moving down south. Um, so if you want to catch him, I think it'll only be online. Um, and if I forgot my Twitter handle, it's jgold12. Tomorrow I will be in my office in case anybody cares and is looking for me. Thanks, Jayhawk. And you mentioned Smoking Jay Barbecue. I made sure to get some Smoking Jay before you know, before AIW on Friday night. And it doesn't disappoint, right? Never disappoints. Oh, it, to- it totally fucking slaps. Yep. All right. Okay, next week, Southern Underground Pro. I'm Jayhawk. He's Jay Gold. And as the uh, late great Bobby bringing the one cut. Yeah. Of course you kick a man when he's down. What can you think of a better time to kick him? All right, later. Later. Give me a word, give me a sound. Show me where to look.